Hello, and welcome to The Empowered Resilient Woman, a podcast that supports all women on the journey to becoming their most resilient self in life and in business. I'm your host, Kimberly Smith. Hello, and how are you doing? Oh, so glad to be here. Um, Sunday, just had an amazing walk slash run, got my house cleaned, getting some things organized. I'm actually getting ready for a big move. So big life transition coming up. I'm moving in with my partner. And so, yeah, just a you know normal Sunday, but it feels so good to get things checked off the list and set for the week ahead. Um, so I'm recording this podcast in honor of Valentine's Day. You know, I have always loved Valentine's Day. I have always loved to show my love to the people in my life, to my friends. It's just always been a favorite holiday. And of course, you know, it, it, there's so much that centers around romantic love, but I absolutely am here for like the Galentine's days and just, you know, showing love to all the people in your life, showing appreciation. That's what I really think it's about. Um, and of course, self-love, right? I mean, self-love is a huge pillar of personal development, of embracing the evolution through womanhood, loving yourself through all the phases of life, you know, being able to gracefully let go of, you know, some of your previous selves and grow into that next version, right? With arms wide open. Um, it's kind of a beautiful thing. And, you know, I, I don't think that there's one woman out there who hasn't struggled to love herself deeply. Uh, to really love herself in the way that you can look in the mirror and truly just love what you see, love the reflection, love the person that's looking back at you. You know, we look in the mirror a lot, you know, when we're doing our makeup or whatever it might be, checking out our outfit, but how often do you actually like gaze into your eyes, right? And really speak to yourself and and tell yourself, you know, nice things, <laughs> You know, I mean, there's, there's so many ways to show yourself love. And so that's what I want to talk about on today's podcast are what are really the tangible, what are the tangible things that we can do to show that we are really loving ourselves? How can we love ourselves deeper? What are the things that we need to focus on to make sure that self-love is a constant practice is something that we're doing every day for ourselves, and and we're not we're not letting anything go by the wayside, right? So, first and foremost, to to love yourself, you've got to know yourself, and so spending quality time with yourself is number one, <laughs> number one in my book, at least. You know, as busy women you know, maybe you've got a career, maybe you've got a family, uh, you know, maybe you just have a busy lifestyle, right? I mean, that's the modern world that we live in is we're just always kind of on the go and we're always with other people. I can't tell you how much I enjoy my solitude. <laughs> people see me as a very outgoing person. I totally am. I am, have now started to embrace the term extroverted introvert or introverted extrovert. I think there's like a technical term for that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> so maybe I'll look it up after, but yes, spending time with yourself, 
whatever that looks like, right? Taking yourself on a day date. I love boobing around town, grabbing a coffee, running errands by myself, right? Or just like going to do something sporadic and fun. Years ago, I I went on a business trip, actually, a solo business trip to New Orleans. And it was so fun. I had never been to New Orleans before. um, And I had a bunch of free time in the evening. And I was like, I will be damned if I'm going to sit in the hotel room and not do anything. So I went out to an art museum and they had this really cool band playing there. And they had kind of like a you know, like you could get a cocktail and walk around and look at these art exhibits. It was so fun. And like, I was by myself. So who really cares, right? There's, you don't have to have a friend or a partner to go and experience life. You spending quality time with yourself, whether that's reading a book on the couch at home or just you know, checking out a new part of town or an art exhibit or going to a workshop by yourself. I mean, there are endless ways to spend quality time with yourself. And through that, you're going to be able to just be, you know, you're not going to have to worry about what you need to do for the other person that you're with. You know, sometimes when we're with other people, we we're worried about them, <laughs> like worried that they're going to have a good time or are they having a good time or whatever, right? Like we kind of get in our head about stupid shit. And when you're not with anybody, when you're just with yourself and you only have to worry about yourself, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> and yeah, you can just, you know, come away from experiences with some unfiltered, just knowledge of who you are and the things that you like and the things that you want to spend more time doing, uh, giving yourself time, love and attention is so important. You know, you pour out to everybody in your life and into the world most days, right? So shouldn't you have some of that time too? Don't you deserve that as well? I absolutely think so. So Number one, spending quality time with yourself is a deep act of self-love. Number two is self-forgiveness, releasing the shame or guilt that may still be residing around past events or mistakes. You know, we beat ourselves up a lot. (laughs) God knows. I know (laughs) I've I've been down that path a hundred fucking times. Um, there was a period of my life where I made some really horrific missteps, right? Mistakes, things that I'm just really not proud of, you know, and, you know, I'm saving it for the tell all book. That's what I say, (laughs) but it really created this dark cloud of shame around me, shame and guilt. And, you know, you just feel like you can't escape it. Sometimes you just feel like, gosh, those past things are proof that I'm like this terrible, horrible person. And to that, I call bullshit. I I really believe that it's just evidence of our humanness, right? Like we are human. We can all be selfish. We can all do hurtful things. We can all be disrespectful. Sometimes we don't even know why, right? Like it's, I, I really don't think a lot that it's coming from a malicious place. A lot of times it's just maybe subconscious trauma, maybe, um, you know, you're hurting, 
right? You know, we hurt people, hurt people. And I know that at the time that I was making all of my big life mistakes, I was in, I was deeply wounded, deeply hurt by other people too. Right. And so it's just like this horrible domino effect doesn't make it right. You're right to go out and do shady shit. (laughs) But eventually I came to a place where I didn't want to stew in that madness anymore. I didn't want to beat myself up and, and I just, I couldn't take anymore for one. It was exhausting. I, I could, I was in this deep depression. I had to forgive myself, you know, and, and a lot of that took place within therapy. Thank God. But realizing that I don't deserve to be held hostage by my past mistakes was like a big aha moment for me. Right. And I don't know. I don't know whether I think it's easier to have compassion with other people than ourselves. Right. At least sometimes. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, finding ways to release and forgive, maybe breaking it down and, you know, going into why you feel like you did those things. What were the factors? There's always so many factors happening, right? It's not solely because we're an asshole and we did something that was messed up to somebody. It's, it's not that simple. There's always a lot of competing factors going on, a lot of circumstances. And so sometimes just even journaling that out, like brain dumping it out, you can see, hmm, yeah, there were a lot of crazy things at play at that time in my life. And you can choose to have compassion for your past self. You can choose to remember that, you know, we are all a work in progress and we are all going to fumble. It just makes us human right? So self-forgiveness, releasing that shame and guilt around any past events or mistakes is a huge piece of self-love realizing and and just um, choosing not to beat yourself up anymore, right? Choosing to be kind to yourself. And that kind of leads me to number three, which is nurturing your inner best friend. I, I had a horrible inner critic for decades and I just can't even fathom living that way any longer. That is something huge that I work on with my clients as well, because we, as women, you know, or as just as people, I think, you know, we're taught that we're never enough. You know, we're always striving for this perfectionist place, this, you know, impossible place of perfection in every area of our life. Like we don't cut ourselves any fucking slack. Like, what is that about? I, I, it's, it's crazy. And before you know it, like your mind just gets away from you, you know, there, when you're starting to practice awareness for your thoughts, it's amazing how many times you catch yourself in judgment of yourself, (laughs) like just saying simple things like, oh man, God, Kimberly, that was so fucking stupid. Right? Like, how could you say that? How could you do that? Right. Ruminating over past events or, um, just even, you know, like tearing up my appearance or, or, you, or your appearance, right? When you look in the mirror, it's like, gosh, it, it has been a journey to change that inner critic inside my brain, <laughs> to tame the inner mean girl, to actually win her over, right? Like, it's almost like it has taken, taken a while to just 
kind of win over that suspicious woman <laughs> who was living in my brain for so many years. Like, can you do it? Can you, are you really this? Do you, are you really going to follow through with things? Um, you know, any little mistake, any little misstep, you know, she was always there to like rub it in like salt and an open wound. And it just created this horrible tension, right. In, in your, in my psyche and again, exhausting, right. Um, shifting that, right. It starts with awareness. A hundred percent starts with awareness to start catching yourself, to being aware of how you're talking to yourself. And like, this is not new. I know that like, this is not something that you probably haven't heard before, but it needs, this is a lifelong practice, lifelong practice. I've, I've come so far with this and yet still there's probably more work to do. Right. So nurturing that inner best friend, letting the dialogue shift to be more kind and compassionate and soothing, you know, when there's something that doesn't go your way, when maybe something that you worked on didn't turn out the way that you had hoped, can you just shrug your shoulders and just be like, oh, well, (laughs) you know, um, I guess I'll try again tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's, there's so many little tricks to tricking your brain. In fact, like I I had read an article once about these professional athletes who are very aware of their mindset when they go into competition, you know, they're always competing, playing. And, and, uh, I think it was a golfer who said this, they were, but basically all these athletes, athletes were saying their mindset hacks and how they help themselves stay positive and not like go down that mental spiral of set, like just beating themselves up when say they miss a shot or something like that. And I think it was this golfer who said that whenever he like shanks a shot, right? Like where it just like completely goes to shit and he's, or just like not, not up to his standards. He says to himself, oh, that's weird like almost as if to tell his brain, like, this is not normal and I'm not going to give any power to this circumstance or this situation. And it just like shrugs it off. Right. So yes, taming your inner mean girl, nurturing that inner best friend. Totally. It's, it's the foundation of self-love and it has changed so much for me too. Like, I love the fact that like, you know, I, love my reflection. I love just, you know, talking to myself. I have ongoing conversations with myself all day, every day. (laughs) That might seem straight up crazy, but, you know, instead of being in my brain about things and like going down these crazy dark alleys that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I just vocalize it. talk to myself talk to God, you know, letting that dialogue be positive and compassionate and uplifting and, and just energizing, right. Whenever I need it most. And that is a tool that you carry with you. That is something that you can call on that you can use whenever, wherever, and you're instantly going to feel better for sure. Number four is speaking up for yourself. How many times do we quiet ourselves? How many times do we not say what's on our mind 
where we don't voice our opinion, where we don't share our honest feelings about situations in our life or, you know, at work or whatever, right? Especially when something doesn't seem right or fair. This is where I think all of us can step up to the plate a little bit more, right? Speaking up for yourself, sharing your opinion, the world needs your freaking voice, babe. Like if nobody has told you that, like we need people to share their thoughts, right? In a respectful way, obviously, right? Like it's not about coming in guns blazing, (laughs) but speaking up for yourself when, hmm, I don't know if I really like the solution or, you know, telling your partner when they hurt your feelings, it could be something so simple like that. And yes, there are going to be situations where you have to choose your battles, where you don't necessarily have to bring up every freaking little thing, because that can also be annoying AF and also just triggering and stirring, stirring the pod and and whatever. Right. So it's a, it's a balance. And I think that sometimes we go too far in that direction where we're like, I don't want to start any trouble. I'm not going to Whenever I'm thinking about like, if there's this nagging feeling inside me, like I need to speak up about something, or I want to say something about whatever just happened. I really try and back up and think about what is my intention with bringing that up? What is the purpose behind it? What do I hope to achieve? Right. And if it's something in regards to keeping the peace, like sometimes we think we're keeping the peace by not, not speaking up. I I think that honestly, that just builds resentment over time. Sometimes we have to just bring it to the table to keep the peace. Sometimes it's about that, right? So why are you bringing it up? Is it about keeping the peace? Is it about, uh, you know, connecting deeper with your partner, being more vulnerable with them, being more vulnerable with somebody at work or whatever it might be. Is that, is that purpose something that's ultimately going to, or could bring something positive, right? And sometimes it's hard to determine. It's not, it's not always black or white, which is the problem because then a lot of times we're like, oh, it's not worth it. Right. We just kind of push it off to the side. But then when we're not speaking up, when we're not using our voice, we feel insignificant. And if we feel insignificant, it is so much easier to bash ourselves, to let that inner mean girl take the wheel and, you know, just drive into a ditch. (laughs) It's so much easier to like not love ourselves when we're not staying true to ourselves and we're not using our voice. Speaking up is incredibly important no matter where you are. You know, it is a form of of your authentic self, like wanting to come out. Um, And you shouldn't feel like you need to hold that back in any settings. If you feel like you can't speak up, if you feel like you can't voice your opinion with, with family in a in a respectful way and have uh, maybe just some playful debates or some, even a little bit of spicy conversation, but you know, all out of fun, right. Then those aren't your people. You know, I have, I'm very blessed. I have some amazing friends who all come from 
very diverse backgrounds, different religions. I mean, you name it, right? And actually this, <clears throat> this, uh, Thanksgiving, this past Thanksgiving, we were all sitting around the table and we got into this really heavy conversation about God, you know? So we've got mostly Muslim people at the table. And then myself who was raised Christian and we all, you know, have different opinions and, and different views, you know, because we were raised differently, but we had such an amazing, vulnerable, deep conversation about God's love and about, you know, why, you know, bad things happen in the world and, you know, what that means about the existence of God and just so many different things, right? It was really profound. And <clears throat> being able to speak up in a, a situation like that, right, where we are all so different and come from different places, but yet we all could find appreciation for everybody's perspective. So, so damn beautiful. I'm like getting emotional right now. Like, I feel like I want to cry because it's just, it's such a rare thing these days. And I encourage everybody to try and find environments like that where you can share openly and freely. And it doesn't get to this like crazy place of, well, you're wrong and I'm right. And, you know, there's a huge need to be right. We all want to be right. We all want it to like have the lasting word, the last word, but it doesn't always get to be like that. And sometimes we just have to, you know, make peace with the fact that maybe everybody's perspective is right for them, for the, for their, for their place in the world. Number five, is not settling for less than you deserve. Man, it is, um, it's, it's hard to know sometimes whether or not you're settling in, but when it comes to like your happiness, you know, if you are not happy, you might be settling and, and not just like, we're not going to be happy every day. What I mean is if you are generally unhappy say with your career or with your work, your job, where you go every day. Maybe you love the people, but like the job just sucks, right? The dynamics, there's so much red tape, whatever it is. It's time to move on. You're settling, right? Maybe it's a relationship. You know, I was not happy for you in my marriage for so many years. And I probably could have been happier if I had spoken up. <laughs> I mean, I did it and for a while. And then, you know, when you're not heard, you stop speaking up because you're like, what's the fucking point? Whether, you know, relationships that if it's not working, if it's not bringing you joy, if you feel like it's a struggle, if you feel like you've tried everything. Yeah, maybe, maybe you just need to move on. You could also settle with your health too. You know, I, that's something that as I get older. I, I witness sometimes is this idea that, oh, well, you know, we're just getting older and, you know, this is how it is. And, you know, your body's going to fall apart and go to shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, 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 I don't want that to happen. Like hell, like you, you don't have to settle for less with your health either. 
you, you need to prioritize your wellness, your happiness, prioritizing your happiness in all areas, your health, your career, your relationships. Yeah, there are times where maybe we can't give everything to a certain area or maybe we need to scale back or whatever it is. But again, if you're not happy and if something just isn't working right anymore, figure out why, you know, ask yourself, what is it about this situation? What is it about my health that I wish was better? Or maybe it is, maybe it is your appearance. You know, sometimes, you know, when we get older, we're like, fuck these, this closet is just lame. Like I need some new clothes, right? Like maybe it's as simple as buying some new, buying some new pieces for your wardrobe. Um, it could be a really small fix, right? If you're not happy, you could be settling, but maybe there's something that you can do to shift it and to reignite some energy in that area, you know? So don't settle for less than you deserve. You deserve happiness in all areas of your life. I truly think that we can have it all without sacrificing our freaking sanity, right? I think that's just a load of shit that people tell you is that you can't have it all. Well, why not? Right. It's kind of like that whole thing, like, oh, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, what good is cake that you can't eat? You know, everybody wants like, what am I going to hand you a slice of cake and tell you you can't fucking eat it? Come on. (laughs) Number six, self-love strategy. That's what we're calling these things, I guess, is taking action on your goals, showing up for yourself, doing things for yourself, for your own satisfaction. Because goddamn, I know you do things, so many things for other people every day, all day, most likely. You taking action on your goals is you showing up for yourself. Maybe it means that you are going on a walk, right? You've got health goals and you know what? I'm going to have, I'm going to knock off number one here and spend some quality time with myself by, by working on my health goal and, and making sure I get my movement in for the day. Right. So you can kind of kill multiple birds with one stone. (laughs) It just sounds morbid, but um, yeah, do things for your own satisfaction. You don't have to, you don't have to have anybody's permission to work on your goals. Now, if you have a partner, you might have to be a little bit more strategic, right? If you've got kids and a partner and, and kind of uh, communicating about schedules and and when things are going to happen, but it's possible, right? You just have to speak up. <laughs> Don't you just love how all, how these are all overlapping? I do. Taking action on your goals helps build confidence because then you trust yourself. It's so easy to talk shit about yourself when you're not taking the actions that are in line with what you say you want for yourself. And that's where we experience distrust with ourselves and we start to become skeptical of who we really are and what we really stand for and the values that we say we have because we're not embodying them and we're not living them and there's no freaking proof. So, I mean, show up for yourself. If you're going to show up for everybody else in your damn life, You deserve to show up for yourself too. You deserve to reserve some time on the calendar just for you. And I'm not talking about waking up at the ass crack of dawn so you you can have fucking 20 minutes just to yourself, okay? Like 
I love me a good morning. Everybody knows that. And I, and I'm an early bird. I, I love the, the five 30 wake up calls that serene time in the morning, but that's just a piece of it. That's just like a shred, right? Like you can't just give yourself the leftovers. You have to be able to carve out some time during like normal waking hours just for yourself. And that's a lot of times what I help my clients do is because oftentimes they can't see that. They can't see those possibilities uh, because we're just too close sometimes, right? It's it's hard with looking at our own life. Having that third perspective is so valuable. When you take steps and actions on your goals, you know, you can also start crossing things off your bucket list, right? Like we're all here. We all have a damn bucket list. I know you do somewhere. If you haven't written one in a while, maybe it's time. I have so many things that I want to do, right? Even though I'm a mom and I have a career and I'm in a partnership now, you know, and, you know, going into cohabitation mode, holy crap. I think I need, just need to do an episode all about that and like how like freaked out it's making me because I swear three years ago when I left my home, when I left my marriage, I was like, I will never live with another man. I will never get, I was like, you know, swearing off of relationships, but life's funny like that. Um, yeah, I, you deserve to work on your bucket list, you know, whether that's you've got individual things, or maybe there's collective things that you want to do with your partner with your kids or whatever it might be, or with your friends, right? Like maybe you just want to take some solo girlfriend trips around the world. Like what the fuck is wrong with that? Like, do it, do it, <laughs> you know, and, and it takes being intentional and learning how to set goals and learning how to, um, communicate with the people in your life or save money for, for certain things. If you want it enough, you will make it happen. You will make it happen. I believe in you. Number seven, self-love strategy. Give yourself some permission to expand. Okay. We are not meant to stay the same. And expansion comes in so many different forms. It could be, you know, your goals and knocking things off your bucket list. Sure. But I'm talking about like, you know, getting into new things, trying new things, intentionally putting yourself in new situations where maybe you don't feel confident. Maybe you are that beginner again, because number one, that vulnerability can be really fun. <laughs> it can be really scary too. It can be really exciting if we allow ourselves to see it that way. And by putting yourself into new situations, you're probably going to meet new people too. And just as we move through different phases of our life, you know, we need new influences. We need new mentors. We need new people to inspire us, you know, expanding your life into different directions, into um, different avenues to different people, you know, expanding your social circle or your career, you know, building relationships with people who 
bring positivity to your life, who inspire you to, to really flourish and go into places that you never really, maybe you somewhere believed that you could, but maybe it's just been on the back burner or just felt like it's been really dormant for a while. You, when you're around the right people, you get this spark back. You get this, you know, just, you feel freaking excited about life and you feel so connected and so happy. And that is just this joy that isn't so fleeting, right? You know, the, the moments of acquiring a goal and I love it, right? But it's fleeting, you know, but when you are expansive in your relationships, in your, the activities and the things that you do in your life, in the way that you live in and embody what you stand for, it really brings a lot of joy. And then you are able to look in the mirror and be proud of just not the, you know, goals that you're checking off or the things that you're crossing off on your to-do at list every day, but you're just kind of in awe of like the amazing, miraculous human being that you are. It's so, it's so incredible to feel that way about yourself. Number eight is knowing your limits. We are not superhuman (laughs) and over and over and over again. Oh gosh. And this is like a freaking lesson for me too, right? Is to know my limits. I've definitely been trying to know my limits over the last month and a half, really just starting this new year, starting this podcast, you know, having clients. And, um, for those of you who don't know, I took a job. Yeah. You know, allowing myself to expand in different directions. I wanted to take some pressure off of myself in my business. I'm really at a pivotal point. Uh, I knew that I also was, you know, moving in with my partner. So man, there's just a lot going on and I've really had to know my limits and scale back. Right. And be very intentional about not overscheduling myself, knowing when to take a step back and to say no, or to decline or to just reality check myself and be like, "Mm, what, what, what do I need to do right now in order to make that happen? Or how can I shift my schedule around when we don't know our limits, when we just keep piling things on and never reeling things back. And you might not even think that you're over scheduling yourself, but you might be (laughs) right. Like we're so used to juggling a million things. We're so used to just having just a very nonstop go, go, go frantic schedule that anything else seems like we're not doing enough. So we just, you know, we might rest for what, like a morning and like on a Saturday morning. And then the next day we're off. Right. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like allow yourself more than that. Have more rest, have more downtime, simplify things, streamline things, outsource things, delegate, (laughs) Like there are so many ways to get things off your plate. A favorite exercise of mine is just like to look at my weekly schedule and like cross off one thing that I'm like, that's bullshit. (laughs) 
<laughs> doesn't need to be done, right? Like it might be something stupid, like giving the dogs a bath, right? Like, yeah, it needs to get done and it'll get done, but does it need to be get done this week when maybe I have a kajillion other things going on? No. Right. What can you look at? Can you look at your schedule every day, every week, and just call bullshit on one of the things that you like write down? Because maybe it's one of the things that you write down because you just like crossing things off your list. Yeah. I know. I know your cards. I have been like that too. Right. It's a form of self sabotage when we overstack our schedule, when we have too much on our plate constantly. I mean, we're just going to get run down. We're going to get burnt out. We're going to get sick a lot. If you're, if you're constantly getting colds, if you're not sleeping well, like I would be curious to know how much you have on your schedule. And if you can scale back, that's probably a good step to take. And it's a form of self-love. Maybe you never thought of it like that, but it really is. It's being generous and compassionate with yourself. And like, you know, you can look at yourself in the mirror and just say, babe, you are doing so much take a step back. It's okay to rest. It's safe to stop what you're doing and to just be, and to just wait until you get your energy back. Number nine, mm, it's a good one. It's asking for help. <laughs> We've got to ask for help ladies. Okay. So I, um, I want to share a fun fact. Well, it's just an interesting one, I guess it's not really that fun, but I had recently, maybe a few months ago, I was a speaker for a women in tech accelerator. So they were doing some wellness, uh, sessions. And so went in and talked to this group of entrepreneurs who they're, they've been given grants basically to, to, to create a business, which is really super exciting. And they're all in tech. And I was talking to the director of the, the program and she was sharing that, you know, there was some other sessions. This particular one was just for women, but she had, was talking about one that had men and women in it. And she said that it was really interesting that the groups that had men in it, the men always asked for help. They always asked for help. Whereas the women we're constantly trying to do everything on their own. It's interesting. I actually thought, wow, that is really interesting because I can't say that I've ever really observed that in like a work setting, but she said, yeah, you know, they, they just, they, they're not afraid to admit when they don't know something <clears throat> or when they like just need somebody to help them with something or help, help them get on the right path with a project. The point is that we all need help. And if our counterparts are asking for help, right? We know that our husbands and partners or whatever have no problem, you know, asking for you to come find something that might be right in front of their face. <laughs> so why are we afraid to ask for help, to speak up, to say no more, right? To say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or just help somebody help us get back on track. That has been one of the best ways that I have loved myself, gosh, over these last six, seven years is realizing when I just don't want to do something, don't need to do something, 
Maybe somebody else in, is better suited to do it. Um, you know, luckily I've had a really great community of entrepreneurs and friends and gosh, it's such a relief, you know, and I, I've read somewhere that, you know, when we don't ask for help, we're actually depriving other people of the joy of giving. And that makes so much sense because I love people and you probably love to help people. And it's a two-way street all the time. So don't be afraid to ask for help. It's a sign of self-love. I'm going to run through these again. So that's it for these self-love strategy, self-love strategies. What is self-love? What are the tangible evidences or what are, what is tangible evidence that you are loving yourself deeply or the things that you can do to love yourself more deeply? Number one, spend quality time with yourself. Any chance you get Two, forgive yourself for any past mistakes or past events that didn't go well, anything like that. Let it go. Forgive yourself. You're only human. Move on. Number three, nurture your inner best friend. Tame that inner mean girl. Win her over. Do whatever you have to do so that you can look in the mirror and be proud of the reflection of that person that you are today. The person, even the person that you were years ago that maybe did some fucked up stuff. Like, be proud of her because you made it this far, because you're not her anymore, because you chose to evolve instead of repeat the same things. Be proud of her right? Change that inner dialogue. Number four, speak up for yourself and others. When you see things that aren't right, when you see something or you feel like that nudge to just say what's on your mind, do it in a loving and respectful way. The world needs your voice. It needs all of our voices. So don't be afraid. Number five, don't settle for less than you deserve with your health, with your career, with your relationships. Prioritize your happiness. Always. Number six, take action on your goals. Show up for yourself. When you take action, you build confidence, not the other way around. You don't have to be confident to start that thing. It's when you actually do it, even take the small step toward it, that you're like, hmm, okay, I got this, right? So go for it. Small, day by day, take action. Number seven, allow yourself to expand. Don't limit yourself try new things, get around new people, make new friends, get new influences in your life. You know, if life has been feeling stale, then, you know, who are you, who are you hanging around? Number eight, know your limits. Stop overscheduling yourself. Stop self-sabotaging yourself with just being booked every single moment of the day. Give yourself breaks, frequent breaks, sunshine breaks, snack breaks. <laughs> LaCroix breaks. <laughs> I have like a LaCroix every afternoon. It feels like a little break to me. I mean, it's a small thing sometimes. And number nine, ask for help whenever you need it. Don't feel silly. You know, ask the people in your life. They're going to love it. They're going to feel so joyful and grateful that you thought of them. And it probably will bring you even closer if you ask for help with that thing that you're worried about or don't know how to do or whatever it is, right? So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm having so much fun. I hope you are too. Um, definitely, if you enjoy this episode, leave a review, leave a five-star review. You know, I appreciate it. Take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag me at Kimberly.brook.smith. 
I will always say thank you um, because it is so, so helpful. And it just helps get this to other list listeners, especially when you leave a review. Um, you know, send it to a friend. They might really need to hear these words right here on Valentine's Day. Uh, and, you know, just thinking about self-love and everything. I hope that you are loving yourself deeply every single day. Thank you for listening. Keep shining. And I will chat with you soon. Oh, 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 oh,